All right. Listen, good evening, everybody. Good evening to all of you who are tuning in to this Think Big Virtual Revival. Make yourselves comfortable. Come on and gather yourselves. I'm always excited to have so many of you with us tonight and all over uh, this United States. Listen, this space is for all of you, all of you who consider yourselves to be dreamers or visionaries, entrepreneurs, creatives. I mean, it's a space for those of us who are anomalies, people who have water walker potential. And I'm excited that your presence tonight is not accidental uh, at all. God ordained our paths to cross this evening for a unique purpose. And I know that purpose will be revealed throughout this evening. So listen, before we begin, as you know, each time, each month, I ask you to take a moment to like, to comment and to share this broadcast. For instance, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and let us know in that chat feature where you are viewing from. I'm always excited to see the scope of our audiences that span from coast to coast, east coast, west coast, no coast at all. One of the surest ways for you to be a witness tonight is to respond in that comment section. In addition, you can show your agreement to what I'm saying, to what Pastor Barnes will say tonight um, by being a witness uh, and agreeing and liking and sharing uh, and even loving points throughout tonight's broadcast. We want tonight's uh, uh, broadcast to get to as many people as possible. And the simple act of liking or commenting and sharing this broadcast on your own page, for instance, could change the very trajectory of someone else's life. Come on. I know you can do it. I, I count on all of you to like, comment and share tonight. Well, similar to last month, 
I want to answer the question that's often asked to me. Jason, what is Think Big? Well, I'm glad you asked, and here goes. This Think Big Revival is a virtual space for the full conscious uh, and active participation of kingdom-minded people. I mean, young and old, the powerful and the powerless, newcomers and lifelong worshipers. Through the Think Big, we are led beyond ourselves to give ourselves away for ministry to the needs of our local community and even to the global world. Hallmark of the Think Big is its potential to mine the riches of scriptures for deeper encounters with the message of the gospel. And we know that in, it's in that place where the true purpose and destiny in him is found. Well, I want to begin tonight this opening orientation by sharing that I'm connected with the word journey on a very deep and visceral level. I mean, I like the idea that my Christian walk uh, can be categorized by uh, the idea of a journey. I mean, it suggests that I am, that maybe all of us, right, are going somewhere. I mean, we are not aimlessly wandering, meaninglessly meandering around this world as if we have no destination. God, listen to me, people of God, has a plan for us and we are on our way. Ah, are there witnesses that God has a plan for us and we are on our way? I mean, this type of journey comes with a call uh, that is often taking the form of a mandate maybe followed by an opportunity. Perhaps it sparks a motivation and ultimately a need. Yes, yes, this journey is marked by a call that comes along as a mandate or an opportunity, maybe a motivation or ultimately to meet a need. And there are two stunning and perhaps surprising truths about God's call. The first stunning and surprising truth about God's call is that number one, God never calls volunteers. <laughs> I mean, no one just signed up for discipleship or subscribe to be a follower. I mean, God never calls volunteers. We, we were summoned, sent for maybe, I mean, maybe even to use a word that's gained some traction in this popular political um, currency, maybe some of us were subpoenaed. But the truth gives new meaning and revelation to God's call on my life. And here it is, people of God, listen to me. I did not choose God. God chose me. Are there witnesses? Come on, in the chat. You can just write it out in the chat. Choices, because God did not choose. I mean, I did not choose God. God chose me. Come on, write it in the chat. Choices, choices and choices. Well, the second stunning and surprising truth about God's call is that our unworthiness, our unpreparedness, our unreadiness is no deterrent to God's call for us. Yeah. Did you hear me? I mean, God calls us, all of us, fully aware that we are quite ordinary, maybe not good enough maybe not strong enough and not pure enough for the task that we are assigned. And then guess what? God calls us anyway. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? That God calls us fully aware that we're quite ordinary. God calls us fully aware that we are not good enough. God calls us fully aware that we are not strong enough or not pure enough for the task in which he has called us to do. And then knowing all of those things about us, God calls us anyway. I love this kind of guy. And listen, when God calls you and when you respond to that call, it begins an adventure and a journey that will be both challenging and rewarding. I mean, you become aware that the call of God in your life is a call that asks and requires for you to do something. And guess what? To do something that often appears to be impossible. And it is certainly impossible if we attempt to do the work of God, the work that God calls us to do on our very own merits. I mean, what God calls us to do is always and in every instance, something that cannot be accomplished 
without him. I mean, and, and really, if you can accomplish a task on your own, you probably didn't need God in the first place. But perhaps you can feel the call of God on your life right where you sit. You know that God is calling you not only to do something big, but to do something bigger than what you ever thought was possible. Who am I talking to tonight? Well, let me end by saying this, that I am so convinced tonight, people of God, that getting started on this journey, this challenging journey may be the easy part. Yes, but it is continuing this journey that is most difficult. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want you by the spirit of God to think about not where you have been, but where you are going. Anybody know that you are going somewhere, somewhere bigger in God? And I thought about the analogy that for many of us, you need to go ahead and just whip off Amen. The baggage claim check tag. I mean, just whip off the tag. I mean, what are you saying, Jason, to rip off a baggage claim check tag? I mean, I just got finished traveling and attached to my suitcase was a baggage claim check. Right. It's the thing that that that, I, that that's on my baggage from where I've been to where I am going. Yes. And the claim tag tells me where I came from and where I've been. But guess what? I'm not there anymore. I am here now and right now where you sit, despite whether you don't feel like you're worthy, despite uh, knowing that God is still calling you, God still has the final say. And so I'm so excited tonight that we're going to rip off the tag because we have someone here who understands about a God that can take us from where we have been to where we need to be. Would you help me welcome all the way from Miami, Florida, none other than Pastor Willie uh, Barnes, Jr.? <laughs> hey, brother. Yeah, I think we got you on mute, though. We're going to get you off mute. Uh, but welcome to this space. Glad to have you tonight. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, God's taking us somewhere. That's right. Um, yeah. I'm so appreciative of Think Big and this platform that you're providing for, for folks to plug in and tap yeah. in and to get a word in a, in a fresh and a different way. And so um, thanks so much for having me again. I look forward to the conversation. Thanks. It's, it's going to be great. And listen, people are tuning in and we want to just tell you right now to take a moment and like and share, maybe even text somebody and tell them that Think Big is on because we want to certainly increase our viewership. But most importantly, we want to let, let everybody who is able and willing hear the powerful word of God that shall come through our interview now, as well as through um, the preach word that Pastor Barnes shall give. Now, listen, we don't in this space, like in the typical revival, we would have a, a long um, a bio that we'd read about all your accomplishments. But in this space to preserve time, we want to send everyone to the very bottom of the screen where you see the greater church, Miami.com, where you can learn all about Pastor Barnes uh, and the Barnes family. And also for uh, the great things that are happening in that congregation and also in the greater Miami area. But for right now, we're going to learn about you, who is a theologian, who trains other preachers, though for, for a man of God. We're going to learn from you by asking you three questions. And we have been asking these same questions throughout this very first season of Think Big. And so I don't know if you're ready or not, but here we go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first question relates to you and, and, um, and your faith journey. And the question just says, what is what is what what has been essential? What's been timeless in your faith journey? Well, well, since you invited me and, and gave me kind of these questions to think about, I, I really have thought about them. And, and I think for me, on the surface, initially, uh, when I thought about this question, my mind went to prayer, praise and proclamation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of prayer, the importance of worship, praise and worship, and the importance of the word of God. But then I challenged myself to think um, bigger, okay, um, okay. Think deeper, and to think wider. And while those things are true, I think for me, what is really the most essential and timeless uh, in my journey is understanding the powerful force of grace, mm-hmm. grace and how it operates in our life. Um, what I mean by that is uh, grace is something that's both active and passive. Okay. I think in this season, the reason why grace is so important to me is because not that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at grace from a cheap perspective, because grace is not cheap, it's costly. Wow. Um, Bonhoeffer talks about that. But for me, what grace and why it's essential and timeless is because the Bible declares that um, uh, when, when Paul talked about his struggles, he, he came to the realization, the epiphany that I don't need to focus on that, that God's grace is sufficient. Wow. For me, um, understanding that uh, regardless of the challenges I face, the mistakes that I may make, God's grace is still a powerful force that operates in my life. It allows me to get up every morning and give the next day my best shot. Um, and it also um, allows me to take some pressure off. We, we're, we're in a pandemic. Um, we're still in it. As soon as we, it's like hopscotch. As soon as you, you think you're out of it, you jump back in it, right? And I think there are a lot of people who put a lot of pressure on themselves. Um, to produce or to do certain things or to be certain things. And we see it, right, when you look at mental health and when you look at the challenges people are facing. And I asked myself a question the other day, if God extends me grace, who am I not to extend myself grace? Wow, wow. So grace is important. And also being an active giver of grace to other people who challenge me, to who uh, people who... uh, have wronged me or whatever the case may be that I not only receive it, but I also give it. So so grace for me, thank God for the grace of God that has preserved and kept me, that has kept all of us. Uh, That's why we're still here because of God's grace, not by action, but because of God's grace. Man, that's, that's powerful. Listen, you are, you are already starting out powerful tonight. I, I remember saying very recently, that thinking about forgiveness as a form of grace, that we ought to forgive, or maybe as you say, extend grace as often as we'll need it for ourselves eventually, right? And so, man, this is powerful. That's the first question tonight. Listen, what's essential and what's timeless in your own faith journey? So we want to move on to the second question, which is what's dated? I mean, there's some things that really need to be discarded, things that have reached their shelf life, things that are, are stinking, right? Like, you know, that, 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 that certainly cry out, toss me, because I, I, I'm not even of use anymore. Um, and so the question really is, what's data in our ministry approaches or maybe our ministry thinking that is crying out, get rid of me, crying out, toss me, crying out, it's time to discard. Okay, so you, you, you have to forgive me. And no, come on, bring it. I pray some the folks watching <laughs> forgive me. I it's hard for me um, sometimes to listen to the word preached because what I think we're doing is developing a culture of externally focused faith 
opposed to an internally focused faith that reaches outward. Um, So when we talk about what needs to be discarded, I am tired of hearing about haters. I am I am tired of hearing about other people and what other people are doing. Why? Because it's easy for us to look at other people's life. It's wow. easy for us to judge other people's decision making. It's easy for us to talk about those who don't like us because it distracts us from focusing on us. Let me be clear. Um, Everybody uh, who does not like us is not sent by the enemy. Sometimes people have reason and pause not to like us. (laughs) And it it has nothing to do with being a hater, but it has everything to do that we're bitter. It has everything to do with the fact that we exhibit jealousy. It has everything to do with the fact that we do not engage in forgiveness, radical hospitality or love. So I want to discard this outward focused faith that focuses on haters and focuses on uh, judging other folks. And Lord, I want to develop an internally focused faith that allows me to heal, that allows me to take the my eyes off of others and put it on me so that then goodness can flow from that. So love can then flow from that. So that grace can then flow from that. So I want to discard this outward focus faith. If we focus inwardly and allow our faith flow outwardly, then we wouldn't be caught up in some of the culture stuff that we're caught up in. Wow. That's that's certainly a different perspective than I think many of us grew up in. Right. But that the attention was certainly on ourselves, but not necessarily ourselves so that we can go out and be of service. Um. And you mentioned preaching as one of the ways, right? The things that we say, are there other areas you think that, that come to mind that we could see this sort of transformation of haters and hell raisers kind of ideology uh, that, that could be sort of incorporated in the congregations that we serve? Well, I think there's this idea of focusing on like this hater culture that I mentioned, but I also think there's this comparison culture um, between what other churches are doing uh, opposed to what we're doing. And and to be honest with you, I got caught up in that a little bit, right? Um, When the pandemic came, it really showed you what churches had different infrastructures in place as it relates to media and as it relates to technology. Uh, The church that uh, I arrived to where I'm at now, Greater Bethel, uh, when I got here in 2018, we had no media infrastructure in place in terms of live stream. So, the first Sunday that, you know, we're in the pandemic, I'm, I'm live streaming from my home on Facebook Live. You know, I, there's no n- nothing fancy about it. It's me sitting in front of a camera. And I had the opportunity for the first time on a Sunday morning to look at other people's services. And I said, oh, wow, we are blind. Like, why would anybody want to watch us? This is this is this is fancy already. Um, But then the Lord convicted me that through our broadcast, people were still getting saved. People were still getting word. People were still getting the breakthroughs that they needed. And so I realized then that the time and energy that 
I took looking at other folks stuff, I could have A, been investing in our technology or B, praying that the Lord would prepare our virtual space, whatever it looked like, to be a sanctuary so that people could come and get the deliverance that they need. That's it. I love it. Listen, that's it. That comparison culture. I think Jonathan Reynolds has that song, right? Comparison kills. And my goodness, what does it mean to, to, to discard uh, this comparative? Let's get, rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it, man. All right. So listen, we're on our third question. Final question before we release you to preach. And I'm, I'm excited for you already. You see on my face that I'm excited for the word that you shall bring. Um, but I'm going to ask everybody who's been listening, like, go ahead and like and share and comment because we want people to get uh, this broadcast Go ahead and text somebody. Let them know Pastor Barnes is on uh, tonight and just really giving us some wonderful nuggets uh, some, um, um, to, to sort of feed off of. So, so I'm excited about that. Last question. We've talked about, you know, what's essential, what's timeless that, that we don't ever want to get rid of. Same time, we talked about what needs to be discarded. That's, that's just too old and outdated. But the last thing then is what must be created that's necessary if we're going to think big in God. Vision. Um. And I'm going to talk about this in the message tonight. Um, vision. Um, if we're going to think big in God, we have to truly walk by faith, walk by vision and not by sight. Um, as I was praying about this, what the Lord gave me and I, and I want to deal with it a bit more is the difference between vision and sight. That sight, of course, is physical. It's what our eyes can see. Vision requires spirituality. It requires faith. Vision requires a relationship with God in order for us to receive it. What is vision? Uh, uh, Bishop Reed uh, preached this a long time ago, and it stuck with me. Vision is nothing more, uh, and I'm not going to give him credit next time. Vision <laughs> is nothing more than seeing yourself the way God sees you. Vision is nothing more than seeing your future the way God sees your future. And so if we're gonna think big, we have to walk by vision, walk by faith and not by sight. What is sight? Again, I said it's physical, but the revelation as I was preparing for this that God gave me is sight is so important to people because oftentimes sight is expired vision. Sight is vision past due. So, for example, when we when we think about our churches, it's easy for us to walk by sight, to walk by tradition, to walk by this is how it's always been done. But at one point, they didn't even have it. That was the vision. <laughs> cut. Can I just cut? Can you say that one more again? One more again, right? That vision is outdated sight. Is that what you said? Vision, the revelation God gave me, is that sight or oh, sight outdated past due or expired vision. That's tweetable. That <laughs> we have normalized and concretized. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And so if you want to think big, what does it mean to say, I'm not walking by sight, I'm walking by vision, mm. right? And so um, I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it. Listen, 
I'm going to tell you why I love it, because I, I have it within the last year sort of gotten to a point where I recognize that that God's foresight to see it to, it to, to where I'm going is greater than my eyesight. And mm-hmm. I had walking by eyesight. And what I failed to realize was that the things I could and could not see had nothing to do with God's foresight to where I was going. And had I listened to God's, um, um, not to my eyesight, but God's insight into where I was, I would have been further along. And listen, hindsight's always what? 2020. Gosh, I just wish now, as I look back, I would have just had a kind of vision that you said, the faith that that, that really would let me not use my eyesight, my natural eyesight, but God's spiritual insight, because he already had the foresight. And unfortunately, my hindsight Right was out was outdated was was expired and so I'm excited tonight because now I am truly trying to walk by faith, <laughs> not by sight. Because let me tell you, I tripped a couple times, and we and we need that particularly because we don't know what the future of church is. We don't know what the future right. of organized religion is. If you look at people who have gone back to church, um, a lot of broadcasts that I see where people are in church, churches are not. They're not. Full. Well, first of all, churches, a lot, most churches uh, were not full prior to the pandemic. Let's, let's be real. We have an empty church, right? Um, and so what does it mean to create, to receive a vision for, from God about how we move forward, about how the word of God can continue to go forth, how community can still be built, uh, whether we're in person or whether we're not? That requires vision. That requires laying before the Lord and saying, I need you to give this to me. I cannot conceive it myself. I cannot put the plan together myself. So, God, I need you to show me me, show me us in the future. So I have something that will get me through this period that I can hang on to. Um, uh, that's going to be important. God is going to blow our minds. I believe it. Uh, we have to have the vision to receive what God wants to do with us. Yeah, do it, God. Listen, this is good already. If y'all ready, go ahead and write in the chat. Ready? Somebody write in the chat. Ready? Come on, somebody write in the chat. Ready? Because we are ready tonight to release you to speak a word that's going to be big, that's going to be transformative, that's going to be powerful. We're going to have a word of prayer. Uh, and um, since we are now ready to receive, have a word of prayer and then release Pastor Barnes to preach for us tonight. Let's pray, everybody. Lord, <laughs> amen, we are ready tonight. So, Father, we invite you to be in worship with us uh, and let everything be divinely orchestrated according to your will and to your purpose. We pray that everything we do points others back to you. I mean, illuminate and awaken the spirit in each of us. We want Christ to be magnified in our ears and magnified in our eyes and magnified in our hearts tonight, God. Father, I pray as Pastor Barnes uncovers the richness of your word, that we would be convicted of our sins, that the very idols of our hearts would be revealed and that we'd be captivated and encouraged by your loving kindness and your tender mercy. Use him tonight to proclaim a living word to a dying world. God, Your the power of the gospel, your gospels, saves unbelievers and stirs the affections of those of us who claim to be believers even more toward you who are the Christ. So show forth 
your wonder tonight in miraculous ways. And we believe that it's already done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Pastor Barnes, my brother, preach a big word tonight. Again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you didn't give me a time, so I'm just going to take 10 minutes. That's all. I'll be out of, be out of your way uh, in 10 minutes. Thanks again. I want for those of us who have the word, uh, have our Bibles, I want us to go to Numbers chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10, and we're going to end on verse 30. Uh, verse uh, Numbers 14, uh, 1 through 10, and then we're going to skip down to verse 30. Uh, listen uh, for the word of the Lord. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then God will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to, to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. We're gonna go down to verse 30 and it reads, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. You shall by no means, except for them, you shall know by no means. Um, I want us to, to talk or think about uh, the subject vision to victory tonight. And, and I pray uh, that you are with us tonight. And I pray that this is something that, that will bless you from vision to victory. Oftentimes in our life, we have been in places where uh, we have not been able to dream, that we have only been able to look at our external environment and our external environment based on what we see with our physical eyes has dictated to us the type of life that we live or the type of life that we envision or think that we are able to live. That's a bad place to be in when one does not have a vision, one does not have dreams, and one does not have goals. But equally as frustrating, perhaps maybe even more frustrating, is when we receive a God-given vision. We receive the mandate from God. We see ourselves the way God sees us. We see that goal. We have that ministry 
envisioned. We have that promotion in mind. We have that dream school we want to go to. We have that business that we want to start. The family that is fractured, we have the vision of it coming back together. But oftentimes, the, tr the trouble that we face, the challenges that we face, is not seeing the vision, but is making it on that journey from vision to victory. That oftentimes, once God gives us the vision, we immediately become disillusioned. We immediately begin to allow our external environment to dictate to us whether or not the vision can come to pass. God gives us that vision and we automatically begin to think they're not going to change. God gives us the vision and we automatically begin to look at the money that's in our bank account and think to ourselves, I can't do it because I don't have the resources. We see that dream job and we know that God said that God would allow us to walk into that dream job. But we look at our education and our education does not even begin to open the door for us to get there. We look at so many things and we see what God wants to do in our life. We see the vision, but we look at our credit score. We look at our criminal record. We look at our relationship history. We look at all of the things that prohibit us. We think from making the vision come to pass, from us moving from vision to victory. But what we don't realize is that the victory is not us making it to the vision. The victory comes when we get the vision because God has already told us that God is not a man that God should lie. God has already told us in the word of God that God's word shall not return unto God void. So that means that when God gives us the vision, we already have the victory. It's already going to happen. And the scripture says it may tarry, but wait for it. That's going to come to pass. We just have to make it there. I want five people to type a comment in, in the chat. I have the victory. I have the victory. When God gave me the vision, God also gave me the victory. Now, although I have the victory, it does not underestimate the fact that the journey there is hard. The journey to realizing the vision, it's hard. We're going to go through challenges. We're going to go through problems. We're going to go through circumstances. But if we just follow these steps, I believe that God is sharing with us tonight, we can move from uh, vision to victory. In our text, we find that that God has this is you know, these are some of my favorite chapters, uh, books in, in scripture. We find that, that God has released the children of Israel from physical bondage. I'll talk about that in a second. God has released the children of Israel from physical bondage. God has released them from Egypt. God has released them from their oppressor. And here they are. They're making their way from the land of bondage.
I apologize for that. My 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 connection drop. It's the enemy. Let's keep going. They are making their God has released them from the land of bondage to the land of promise. God is taking them on a journey. We know a journey that was only supposed to take 40 days is now in the process of taking 40 years. God is moving them from the vision of liberation to actually walking in their liberation. And the Bible says that they are in the midst of their wilderness journey. They're in the midst of going from the land of bondage to the land of promise. And, and God is preparing them to walk into the promised land. And God and the people come to Moses and as Moses is preparing to tell them, let's take this land. Let's take the land of promise. They say, Moses, no, we don't want to do that. We want we want you to send spies out so we can see it before we get there. And the Bible declares that the Lord tells Moses, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want you in Numbers 13. He tells Moses, I want you to get a leader from every tribe, get a leader from every tribe and send them as spies in order to see the land of promise. The Bible declares that the spies go and they come back. They not only come back with a report, but they come back with evidence. They say the land is good. The land flows with milk and honey. The fruit of the land is great. There's only one challenge. The people there, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. We will not be able to overtake them. As we move from vision to victory, we must always understand that the message that God gives us of vision is not always going to be accepted by everyone. Because oftentimes a lot of people walk by sight and not by faith. The spies who saw the land, they saw that the land was good, but they also saw the obstacles that came with entering into the land. But we know that we all have obstacles, but there's still no reason why we cannot overcome. And the Bible declares that the children of Israel, they hear this report. And when they hear this report, it says in Numbers chapter 14, that they began to weep and they began to cry out and they complained against Moses and Aaron. They said, Moses, you brought us out here into this place. We might as well have died in Egypt. Matter of fact, we're going to find a new leader and we're going to go back to Egypt because you have us out here and we are unable to walk into the promised land. We're unable to move forward. Why did you bring us out here? And the Bible declares something powerful powerful happens as the people are in the midst of crucifying their leaders, as they're in the midst of crucifying uh, Moses and Aaron, the Bible declares that it is Caleb and Joshua who stand up. We know that Caleb and Joshua were two of the spies that went out and they came back with a minority report. They agreed with the majority that the land was good, but they came back with another report. The Bible declares in verse number seven, they spoke to the entire congregation. The land we passed through is an exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord delights in us, then God will bring us into this land and God will give it to us, which flows with milk and honey. Verse nine, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. If we're truly going to move from vision to victory, the first thing that we must do is fortify our voice. Uh, uh, fortify our voice. In other words, we got to build our voice. The Bible declares that where there is no vision, the people, uh, we say perish, but some texts say the people cast off restraint. In other words, God needs us in this season to be the voice for the vision. How many of us are in our churches? How many of us are in our families? How many of us are on our jobs? And God gives us a vision of what we can become. God gives us a vision of where God wants to take us. God gives us a vision of what God is trying to do. And we allow the majority to dictate whether or not we give voice to the vision. In other words, the question is this this evening, do you have the courage to stand up and articulate the vision of God even when others don't see it, even when others won't believe it? What I love about this is we see this in Genesis 37 with Joseph and the story of Joseph. Joseph was the favorite child. His brothers did not even like him, but Joseph still gave voice to the dream. Joseph said, yeah, one day, uh, I know you may not like me, but one day you Y'all are going to have to bow down and you're going to have to fall at my feet. He had the courage to say the vision that God gave him. And sometimes many of us, Lord have mercy, many of us allow the enemy to run rampant in our churches and our communities because we don't have the courage to stand up and thus say the Lord. Somebody ought to say, I'm finding my voice. What's interesting about this thing is that the people were attacking Joshua and Caleb. They were, they, I'm sorry, the people were attacking uh, Moses and Aaron. They were not even attacking Joshua and Caleb, but it was Joshua and Caleb who stood up. Why? I, I prayed about this. I said, Lord, I, I get fortifying the voice, but it, it was Aaron and Moses who were catching the heat. Why would Joshua and Caleb stand up? And God said, number one, Joshua and Caleb had the vision. Anytime you have the vision, you must stand up and declare what God is speaking in the season for whatever community or whether it's your household or your family or whatever the case may be. But also they were able to fortify their voice, not only because they received vision, but because they had the values. I, I, I wish I I wish I could see you face to face. Uh, there's a values deficit in our country right now where people are literally plotting uh, to steal the right to vote through voter restriction laws and gerrymandering. We have people who are, are refusing to acknowledge the seriousness in, in, in leadership, who are refusing to acknowledge the seriousness of this virus and are refusing to put restrictions in place to make sure that people are safe. Uh, where are our values? When you have values, it allows you to speak up because you can't be bought behind closed doors. When you have values, it allows you to speak the truth because you can't be 
uh, 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 bullied into sitting down. Joshua and Caleb spoke up because they understood Moses and Aaron might be catching the heat right now. But because I have vision and because I have values, we're going to stand up and declare and we're going to use our voice to bring God glory. Is there anybody who may be watching that don't mind taking a second and asking God, Lord, in everything that I pray for, the money I pray for, the material possessions I pray for, please, God, help me find my voice. Why? Because somebody's life is dependent on my voice. Somebody's breakthrough is dependent on my voice. Somebody's healing is dependent on my voice. Somebody's life and and favor and like I said, breakthrough and deliverance and their ability to move forward is dependent on my voice. Lord, let me use my voice because when I use my voice, I have the ability to speak life into dead situations. When I use my voice, I have the ability to bring light into darkness. When I use my voice, I have the ability to bring love where there's hate. When I use my voice, I have the ability to speak forgiveness when I really don't want to forgive. Somebody ought to just yell in the atmosphere, Lord, let me find my voice. So we see that uh, 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 Joshua, uh, uh, we see that, that they use their voice. And the Bible declares uh, when they use their voice, the Bible declares in verse number 10 that the congregation said stone them with stones. In other words, the congregation was the, the congregation, the children of Israel was so upset that they demanded that the leadership that Joshua and Caleb be stoned. If we're going to move from vision to victory, we not only have to fortify our voice, but we also have to face our vulnerabilities. Oh, th 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 this, this hurts somebody. We got to face our vulnerabilities. Oftentimes, we don't want to use our voice because our voice draws attention to us. And when attention is drawn to us, we then be Come uh, concerned that our vulnerabilities will be exposed. When Joshua and Caleb lifted up their voice and they said what they said, it exposed them. Now, not only is Moses and Aaron in a vulnerable position, they are too. Well, why would I be in a vulnerable position? Oftentimes, our religious ideology has become uh, revolved around how do we preserve what we have. And oftentimes, preachers don't preach about sin anymore. Or preachers don't preach about certain things because they are concerned about um, uh, uh, they are concerned about being in a vulnerable place. Are people still going to give? Are people still going to respect me? But I'm telling you, if we're going to move from vision to victory, we have to get to the place where uh, uh, we may have to face vulnerabilities. We may have to face people not liking us. We may have to face people walking away from the ministry. We may have to face uh, uh, people writing letters to the bishop or the presiding elder. We may have to face uh, uh, the own personal challenges that we have in our life. But can I tell you, there is no vulnerability that will not stop you from reaching victory.
victory. I got two more minutes in the last two minutes uh, that I have. If we're going to move from vision to victory, not only do we have to fortify our voice and face our vulnerabilities, but the last thing is we got to fulfill the victory mandate. The Bible says in verse number 30, I, I, I love this scripture. Actually, in verse number 29 of Numbers 14, uh, God is so frustrated with how the people are behaving. They've already turned on Moses one time in the book of Exodus when they created a golden calf and worshiped the golden calf because Moses was taking too long to come down off the mountain. And now yet again here at Numbers, they are turning their back on Moses. And God says the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, that they would not be able to make it into the promised land, that because of their unbelief, they would not be able to make it into victory land. But God said, except for Caleb and except for Joshua, that Caleb and Joshua would be able to make it into the promised land because they saw the vision they spoke the vision and they faced their vulnerabilities. Well, if we're going to move from vision to victory, the only thing left to do after we fortify our voice and face our vulnerabilities is to understand that God is going to fulfill the ministry, fulfill the victory mandate. Do I have anybody watching that understands that God has already made us an overcomer, that God has already given us the victory, that whatever challenges that we face in life, that God has already given us the victory. We just have to make it there. So many of us get disillusioned in the battle. So many of us become weak. So many of us become worn because we feel like we've been fighting battle after battle after battle. And we wonder how many more battles is it going to take before the vision comes to pass? How many more times do I have to fight with them before the vision comes to pass? How many more times am I going to swipe my card and it's going to be declined before the vision comes to pass? How many times am I going to have to date before the vision of being me being married comes to pass. How many times are we going to try before the vision of us having children comes to pass? How much longer am I going to have to keep enduring what I'm doing in order for me to reach victory? Can I tell you, brother, sister, I don't know how much longer you're going to have to deal with it. I don't know how much longer you're going to fight. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord has given you the vision, the victory shall come to pass. Wait for it. Tarry for it. But the victory shall come to pass. I love it, uh, of the song. And I always kind of close uh, with the with the song. Uh, we have the victory. How many of us know that we have the victory in Christ Jesus? Why? Because when Jesus Christ gave uh, us victory over death and sin, when Jesus Christ defeated the cross and the tomb and got up on Sunday morning with all victory and all power in God's hands, that means we have the victory over every situation that we face. 
We have the victory over the enemy. We have the victory over cancer. We have the victory over racism. We have the victory over injustice. And if I have to wait a little while longer for the victory to manifest in my life, I'm going to wait. The Bible declares I'm done now. The Bible declares how did they know they had the victory? Well, you got to go back up to verse number 10. The Bible says uh, in Numbers 14, verse number 10, that uh, not only would Caleb uh, and Joshua walk into the promised land, but it says in verse number 10, now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. I can close up my Bible right now. And I just want to let somebody know, how do I know I have the victory? Because victory is always accompanied by the presence and the power of Almighty God. I come to let you know you have the victory because God is with you. The songwriter said, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I know I got the victory because God's presence is with me. How do I know God's presence is with me? Because while I wait for God to open the door. While I wait for God to move the mountain, I, I'm still here. What does that mean? That means many times as we wait for the vision to come to pass, we think I can't live until the vision come to pass. I'm not going to make it unless the vision come to pass. And we fail to realize that even while the vision has not come to pass, we still have breath in our body. We still have activity of our limbs. We still have food on the table. God is still making ways. Why? because God is with us. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that every vision that God has given you will come to pass and you will walk in the victory of almighty God in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We praise the Lord tonight. We praise the Lord tonight. You have the victory over every situation that the vision that God has given you it's going to come to pass. Why? Because God gave you the vision and God isn't going to give you a vision that God is not going to allow to manifest. We're moving from vision to victory tonight, that tonight that God is going to give us the strength and the joy that we need in order to go on this journey from vision to victory. Uh, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for vision we thank you for the supernatural dreams that you've given your people. We thank you, God, right now for what you've shown them. You've shown them how you see them, healed, whole, made better, renewed and refreshed. We thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, that you're going to bless us to be able to move forward from vision to victory, that we're going to be successful. That God, everything you showed us, that we're going to wait until you do it. We're going to not just wait, but be active participants with you to bring the vision to pass. There's somebody watching right now and, and who, who is discouraged. Lift up their bowed down head. Let them know that the vision is coming. Victory is coming. In Jesus name. Amen. There may be somebody watching tonight and in the comments section of, of this broadcast, you will see 
uh, a question posted by First AME Church, Kansas City. Did you make a life changing decision during this message? I want you to click right there. If you are someone and you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in the perfect place. Uh, you don't have to wait till we go back to church or go into our sanctuaries to give your life to Christ. You can do it right here and right now. Maybe you're watching and you acknowledge now it's time to be a part of a faith community. We want to invite you to be a part of this faith community or allow this faith community to direct you to the place uh, that God has for you. I want you to click the link uh, posted by First AME Church, Kansas City. The question, did you make a life changing um decision. Click that and get hooked up with Pastor Thompson. Get hooked up with First AME Church Kansas City as they help you move from vision to victory. Thank you so much. God bless you. Man, awesome. <laughs> Listen, I stand as a great cloud of witnesses and thanking you, Pastor Barnes, for uh, what you shared tonight. I mean, there are people who were listening tonight who are witnesses to the awesomeness of God. And I just kept thinking as you were, you were preaching, I, you know, how like Moses, often do we have people problems? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we have people problems. Uh, and sometimes we also have provision problems that I have a vision, but I don't see the provision happening. Um, but don't make the mistake. I, I love what you, you know, you, you, your words make me think, don't let a people problem and the provision problem lead to a personal problem mm, because it is not about what I can do in myself is what God can do <laughs> for me. And I don't know who, who heard the message tonight, but somebody was listening tonight who got some people problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that they had that vision, but they let people kind of talk around and murmur and complain. But but also they watched the provision that they don't see yet. And, and, and they create a provision problem. But my God, the worst thing to do is because you have people problems and 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 um, provision problem is to then have a personal problem. Lord, <laughs> we don't need a personal problem because of our lack of faith in you. So I'm thanking God for how we are moving right from vision to victory tonight. And God bless you, Pastor Barnes, and to the greater um, 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 my, uh, greater um, uh, Bethel Church down in Miami, Florida, and to your spouse, your wife, and your, your, your children. God bless all of you. Amen for allowing you to be with us tonight. We won't be the same in Jesus' name. Listen, I want to ask as many as you can to sow a seed tonight, given as a part of worship. And I'm just going to ask people to, to, to move in faith tonight. Uh, you can go to our Givelify First Amy Church, Kansas City. I already went to the app and I gave uh, tonight and we're not telling you what to give, but but you heard a word tonight. We just ask that you partner with us as we can continue to do the work. You may also go to Cash App. I mean, it's uh, dollar sign 1111. F-A-M-E-K-C, and to also give your offering. We thank you in advance uh, for the provision <laughs> and for the people not being problems, uh, but for what you are doing uh, through the work of God, that we might be not just church people, but be kingdom people. We thank God for it. Pastor Barnes, God bless you tonight for being with us. Everybody have a great, wonderful uh, night. And we'll see you again the first Wednesday of September. God bless all of you is our prayer. Amen.
thank you for joining tonight's Think Big Virtual Revival. We hope that you are blessed by tonight's broadcast, and we invite you to like and follow our First AME Church Kansas City Facebook page to stay informed about future events. Technology, production, and management services for the Think Big Virtual Revival have been provided by Belt Creative Designs and Events, the one-stop shop for your graphic, promotional designs, event and planning consultation, video editing and production, and program with management technology needs. Be blessed.